You're listening to Grace Geltman and Weld on the Hammer Factor. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Hammer Factor, episode 46. I want to introduce my co-host for this show, professional kayaker, Dim Shits charter member, and uh, Hood River local, Dave Facilli. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much, John and yeah. John. Yep, yep. Thanks for coming on. Also, I'd like to introduce uh, Whitewater legend, four-time upstream national champion and co-owner of Immersion Research, John Weld. Three dudes, two names. Three <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let me man. Make a little icon. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we got a packed show. Uh, but before I get into the show, we have to. The season is kicking off. We've got our T-shirts just came in. Eight weeks is happening. All the show sponsors are getting on board, and we're going to start out with uh, this episode of the Hammer Factor is brought to you by CKS Main Street in Buena Vista, Colorado, the premier paddling shop in the Arkansas Valley. CKS will once again be hosting Paddle Fest Memorial Day weekend, May 25th through the 28th. This weekend-long event is the best way to kick off the paddling season in the Arkansas Valley. We have a massive selection of used gear at our swap, a week-long sale with 15% off everything in the store, demos of our newest 2018 boats, a fleet of reps from all our major vendors on the floor to answer questions. You can even find Weld on the floor to discuss the finer points of paddle length and offset. Hmm. Or I'd be glad to just to bust on grace with you. Yeah. We also have a host of amazing events open to the public, such as the Freestyle Competition, third annual numbers race. Um, In addition to the event, there is also a selection of clinics to help you improve everything from your most basic kayaking skills to advanced river running and freestyle techniques. Each night, there is an offering of live music, as well as local food and beverage vendors to celebrate um, the after paddle in style. The website is live, so you can see the schedule and events at ckspaddlefest.com. Mark your calendars for May 25th through the 28th in beautiful BV, Colorado. It's funny that Fred sent this to me, and he's got like all these pronunciations because I, my grammar is so bad. But big props to CKS. Hmm. Thank you for the sponsorship. You guys are both going to be there, right? I think so. I mean, Fuseli, could you name a more iconic paddle sports store than CKS? Mm, I, I really can't. I remember getting uh, CKS, you know, their little magazine pamphlets in the in my parents' house when I was when I was younger. I remember looking through it before I was even really paddling a lot. So that that name's been in my mind for a long, long time, and I've been mean? to that event a lot. And it's and it's a killer festival up there in BV. And man, I've had some wild nights there. I think I've had some wild nights oh, there yeah. with you, Facilli. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for oh. sure. I went. I started. I raft guided in Buena Vista for uh, yeah several years before I started with Piranha, and uh, the last time I was at Paddlefest, I think was like two years ago. But um, we used to. I used to always go to the rope. Remember the rope party? Oh, yeah. at the rope. Great. Oh yeah, for sure. Have you been? Have you been in there recently? I haven't been there in probably three years. When I went back in there, it was like a nightclub. <laughs> It's all drag queens. <laughs> it's crazy. I couldn't believe it. I walked in there and I was like, I thought I got time warped. It was so crazy. Well, big thanks to CKS uh, for sponsoring the show. We've got some more good stuff coming from those guys. We've got, obviously, viewer mail or listener mail. We have a uh, really solid topic today, weed and whitewater. 
And uh, it's a very special hammer factor. Yeah, very, very special, special hammer factor. We are recording this at 4:20 Eastern time. Um, <laughs> somewhere. That's my that's my typical meetup time to paddle. It's 4:20. <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyway, Lewis couldn't make it today. Um, I'm not sure what Lewis had to do, but somehow he just magically had something to do. So, can you imagine something more important in this show? <clears throat> well, we'll get to why Lewis isn't here in a little bit. It's a little bit of a surprise, and it has to do with some listener mail. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. We'll, we'll express. I mean, it. I, I I walk down the street to get better internet. I'm using Brent Orton's computer. I'm <laughs> using Matt Anger's headphones. <laughs> You didn't shower. I could say I didn't sure. shower. <laughs> I stole the Croy out of this house that I'm in. No one's here. No one's here. Who, whose house are you in, Dave? He, he's I, in uh, Matt, I believe it's Matt King. He, I think he's like the head honcho here, but there's several kayakers that live here, but none of them are here now. I'd assume they're on the river, but uh, we'll find out. Maybe they'll drop in on us here in a minute. A <laughs> couple good topics here we have for Lewis. Brian... Uh, Kelleher and Will Jones both wrote in about an article in The Guardian about uh, landowners stringing barbed wire across rivers. This is, yeah, this, this was a great article. Yeah, I appreciate it for these guys sending it in, too. Uh, did you see that independent of these guys, Grace? What's that? Did you see this article independent of these two guys sending it in? I did not. So It's very timely. Basically, it's an article that talks about in New Mexico how their landowners are like stringing barbed wire and stuff across rivers to keep people from paddling down through them. Um, I mean, it's nuts. And I've seen stuff like that. I mean, maybe not quite as malicious, but inadvertently landowners doing that up, you know, like Drake's, uh, Drake's Creek just outside of our confluence has barbed wire strung across it. Anyway, I've rolled into some barbed wire in Colorado for sure. Outside of Gunnison, I forget which Creek I was on, but, um, yeah, that's gnarly. And I've seen, you know, landowners just cutting trees down. I mean, into the river, which that's kind of our, you know, that's our worst nightmare out there on the river, right? Yeah. Yep. This is not a new issue. It, it come, it, it, it stems from the what is navigable, who owns the bottom of the river, who doesn't own the bottom of the river. There's conflicting state laws versus national laws, and it's certainly not a new issue. I know I did a, a video about this a long time ago, probably eight or ten years ago, with Nathan Fay in Colorado on the Taylor River. You guys know the Taylor yeah. River right mm-hmm. there across the yeah. hill from from Crested Butte. So anyway, I, I'm super interested to hear Lewis's take on this. I'm sure that uh, he's working on that. That is if we let him back on the show. <laughs> um, Dave, all right, we're going to put you on the spot here. This, these questions sure. these questions were meant to go to uh, Lewis, but being that he's not here. This is a segment of the show we call five, seconds, five questions in 30 seconds. All right, go. Yeah, so we're going to get started here. These are five questions. These are great listener mail. We want to touch on all of the listener mail, but time is is a uh, real deal here with all of these. So, I'm funny. All right, get your uh, you got your you got your stopwatch ready, Weld. Hold on. All right, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> and go. This comes from Jeff Hammond. Cam straps or cords? I use cam straps. All right. Cam if you're straps. in the southeast, you use cords. I don't know why the hell you guys do that, but uh, cam straps seem quicker and easier to me. I don't know. We need a definitive answer. So it's cam straps? Yep, cam straps. All right. It's All right. cam straps, Jeff. Um, Nathan wants to know if he should take a Phoenix kayak 
Well, um, there's a Phoenix kayak that someone has that wants to basically give to him, and he said no, he didn't want it. Um, He asked, will it blow his mind, or will picking the fiberglass splinters out of his thighs be too much to hassle? Should he take the old-school Phoenix kayak, or should he scrap it? Scrap that bitch. All right. This comes at us from Alex H. in Cali. Is North Korea the next expedition? Uh, look at the map. Look at the map. Mount Kumgang National Park. Before well poo-poo's this, and if so, who is the Dennis Rodman of kayaking? We will send a bridge the divide. All right. So first question, Dave, is North Korea the next expedition? Sure, I'd say yeah. Why the hell not? And part two, who is the Dennis Rodman? Who's going to go there and build the bridge of kayaking? Oh, uh, man, I, I feel like the. Let's see. I don't know. Annie Ol, Annie Ol's really been charging around, getting after it a lot. I mean, he's he's always a strong candidate to wander hard. So you're calling Annie Ol the Dennis Rodman of kayaking, just to be clear. Well, like the Dennis Rodman. I guess that's kind of a. Uh, how do I? Who the hell would be the Dennis Rodman? In comparison, he's a loose candidate, colored hair, crazy tattoos. Tick tosh. Tick Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It, I have to go. I think you're right. I think Hesh may be the Dennis Rod. Okay, we're sending Hesh to North Korea. Now to Rep Flowers. <laughs> can a boat be predict <clears throat> can a boat be predictable, he says. Hell, that phrase is almost in every review. Here's what I have to say. It's an inanimate object. Given precisely the same circumstances, the same boat will react the same way every time. What gives? So is it dumb to say a boat is predictable, Dave, as someone who sells kayaks? Or is that a good way to describe a boat? Rhett wants to know. I mean, Legitimate boat, or not legitimate? To call a boat predictable? Yeah, totally legitimate. But, but what's that mean? He says it's an inanimate object and they're going to react the same no matter what, so they're all predictable. Well, I mean, they all have different shapes and sizes and lengths and widths and edges, and they all react differently to, to oncoming water and features. I feel like you can, yeah. Yeah, you should be able to predict the way the, the boat is going to travel, no? It's your, you're, right. you're in charge. Yeah, it's your, that's right. Yeah. yeah Just making notes here. Yeah. Predict, yeah. predict, yeah. predictable's legit. All right. Well, do you have an opinion on any of those? Well, last question. You missed the last one. Um, that's it. That's all I got. You're going to have no, to no, read that is, one. Ru- is running the tallest waterfall over? And this is probably the most important question. This is uh, by Al- another one from Alex H. Is yeah, running yeah, yeah, the tallest yeah. waterfall over? No. Okay. Okay. No. There you go. Good. I'm just making notes here to where to root the hate mail when it comes in. Yeah, exactly. Just, so just send, send it straight to me. I love checking email. <laughs> Good. Okay, let's review where you were wrong, Dave. Let's review the incorrect answers. Camp straps you were correct. Oh, yeah. Just let me do this. Camp straps you were correct. Absolutely not. The Phoenix boat, you were incorrect. He should take that boat. I'll, um, I'll agree with that. I told you King Hesh, so you're right on that. And North Korea is no. You'll get shot. Where you should go is Myanmar. <laughs> is where you should go. It's North Korea light. Right? Okay. Okay. Next one. Running tallest waterfall is unfortunately it's probably not over. So I think you're right there. And road predictable predictability. I have no idea. Boy, that's that's like a philosophical question for the ages, right there. We have so to think of a boat design to answer that one. I don't know. What do you think, Grace? Some boats. I, I think. I think he's right in that it is. If you had the exact same circumstances, you know, whatever. But 
Bottom line is some boats, when you submerge them, you have a good idea how it's going to get back to the surface and other boats just come out crazy. So I think that's the term. But like a slalom paddler have certain expectations out of a boat, you, you know, like how it's going to react in a certain situation. And they're predicting it's going to react that way. If their boat doesn't perform like that, then it's not predictable. But that's not that's not a objective review. That's a very subjective thing doesn't, to say. You doesn't know? Per- doesn't prediction like I mean to, to, to predict the way a kayak's going to move? Doesn't that come with a little bit of time too? Like kind of understanding the boat a little bit, or is that is that the complete opposite? No, I think there's a point there. I think that you know, but there's you have to admit, Dave. Over the time you've been paddling, there's some boats that you're just like God. No matter how long you paddle, you have no idea what that damn thing's going to do. Yeah, you fight it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's true. I mean. The, the, the nut for running like a really high quality class five rapid, right, is your, it's not just a single drop, it's eight or nine moves leading up to some kind of crux, you know, and those moves are usually difficult and involves, you know, going through eddies and doing small micro S turns and doing little micro sh- peel outs and punching through yeah. a hole. That's where skiing and kayaking become radically different because you're moving and the water's moving and you're trying to predict like a really complicated vector through a very complicated field and you want you want to be able to predict that sitting on the bank how that's going to play out you know i mean that's where predictability comes into play like how how what degree of certainty could you predict your boat's arc through those currents right yeah but yeah and it, it comes i don't know that a boat brings that boat. unequivocally to the table you know unless you dumb down a boat like it's just so dumb and slow that it's predictable yeah yeah there's so many damn factors i don't know you that know what, a tough one. you know what i think about the waterfall thing I, th- I think that we're in an era where the boat manufacturers or somebody needs to, there needs to be some kind of hucking hood on the front of your boat, something to duck behind on the big waterfalls to minimize that impact. What do you think about that facility? I've talked, I've talked about this probably like 10 years ago with Jed Selby, I believe. And he talked about the same thing as having like a shield you know, that you just kind of duck in behind and yeah. really important piece of paddling gear for people to invest in. For I, sure. mean, I, I mean, I'm just telling you, this is what I think about it. This is the next level. Yeah. This is similar I mean, to the people the, the 10 people a year who ask me to make them really complicated backpack straps for their boat so they can carry their boat into Cherry Creek or whatever. I'm like, okay, there's 10 Ian's <laughs> who want this <laughs> and none of Yuns are going to pay for it. Okay. So no, yeah. I'm not going to make this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you will. Uh, down the dollar. Well, all right. We'll move on from that. I think we pretty much answered all of those with 100%. Well, like, well like it was, it was, we're, we came in with seven and a half minutes for that one. So, <laughs> I, I, the, the fact is, is faster than we would have done those five questions anyway. So, yeah. yeah. I got like a CC plus on my answers weld, he said. Yeah. Um, you know. See, yeah, yeah, see, see minus. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's typical. All right, let's get into the hate mail. Um, oh yeah, hating. <clears throat> first of all, um, who does this, who does this come at us from? Sean. I don't have Sean's last name here in front of me, but Sean says my suggestion is to cut all non-whitewater kayaking SUP MTB related politics or topics out. <clears throat> also. 
for truly related political topics, try and limit it to one point and a succinct, succinct segment that takes much less time on the show. Or even better, just make it a separate podcast for politics so those who want to hear it can subscribe. I realize that it's easy to get lulled into a sense that A, everyone agrees with you on every topic, and B, that your listeners want to hear more politics than we're already bombarded with from tens of thousands of other outlets every day. I mean, talking shit about the NRA... WTF does that have to do with kayaking? So, Sean, thanks for this email. We fired. Uh, we, we fired Lewis. Actually got on Twitter today and sent him packing. So, uh, Like 5, 15 a.m., Grace got up. On, <laughs> fired one out. That was it. I knew nothing about it. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I, the hammer factor was in a state of chaos all day as a result. Uh, well, I have a feeling we're actually drifting back into politics here, and Sean's <laughs> not going to like this. Yep. Well, Sean, um, um, you have a point. I, first of all, I, I agree with Sean. We should not be talking about politics. He's absolutely right. I'm sick of t- I'm sick of hearing about politics. I'm guessing he doesn't agree with our politics, so that's part of it. But regardless, who wants to hear that? Yeah, but they want to talk about paddle. So. They do want to paddle, talk about paddle offset, but also, you know, sometimes you got to eat your veggies. These things affect your paddling, you know? So there are some yeah. politics and paddling that are really important. Yeah, and that's real. He's going to have to deal with that. But, yeah. Yep. And, you know, I do, we start talking, talking about like the, like the really political stuff. I start to cringe a little bit because I'm like, do we really want to do this? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you there. You know, beauty of a podcast, you can always fast forward. So maybe I'll just put timestamps in the show notes. So if you don't want to hear any of that, you can get past it. <laughs> um okay sherburn writes back still doesn't answer where my t-dub royalty check is facility when you did the dim shits shred ready helmet did you get a royalty check fuck no it, what did what is what is up with this you know what i'm saying i mean like how does this even work you know so i don't know anyway i mean uh, yeah, it, it was. I guess that was just the time. It was like, you're going to make a helmet? Sweet. It's going to have a Demjus logo on it? That's awesome. Yeah. Make it. Yeah. Well, anyway, hmm. I'm still waiting on my royalty check. You got paid for the Demjus shorts we made, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. <sighs> what do Weld. You Weld provides. Yeah. Thank Weld you. provides. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for the email, Tom. Uh, I'll actually read the email as soon as we get our royalty check. Um, Ryan Havner chimes in um, with his thoughts on the Asheville Citizen Times. This one's sort of directed at you, Weld. Um, he won- sort of. <laughs> well, sort of because <laughs> the first line is, I need to rant at John Weld <laughs> for his uninformed digs at the Asheville Citizen Times. Um, he actually gets a newspaper. He's a fan of the newspaper. He points out some really good perspectives here on Asheville Citizen Times reporting, bringing in Leland Davis, Juliet Castor from Endless River Adventures, um, sums it up with a quote from Nick Williams. Um, this is a good one I want to read. When asked if he believes boating should be restricted on the Chio, Williams said, hell no, none of the paddling community or Maria's friends or family would even contemplate, contemplate that paddling the, paddling that the Chioa should be limited. That freedom shouldn't be limited at all. So, Weld, what say you um, to Ryan Havner's um, email? <clears throat> well, he, you know, he, he ends his article by saying, uh, Mr. Weld's reaction or commentary to a headline does, does disservice to the reporting and unfair, unfairly characterizes it in times. 
as hippie podunk to re, to remind everybody i mentioned that the Asheville citizen times may have four pages dedicated to a bongo exchange bongo drum exchange and he goes on to say local jur- journalism is a dying industry and we are fortunate in Asheville to have a team of folks that share many values of the outdoor enthusiasts who live here that's my two cents <clears throat> well i would say if you go to a party this is the guy you want to avoid <laughs> Because you know what he's going to be talking about? The newspaper. And the dying newspaper. Uh, and I point this out because if he was a fan of the Hammer Factor, he would know that what I said had nothing to do with the Asheville Citizen Times was, was in fact making fun of you, John Grace. Yeah, yeah, I know. And the Citizen Times was just a, uh, a proxy for and, that. And I also want to Your say... Your beloved Asheville. That's what I was poking at. John Grace's beloved Asheville. And I want to let Ryan know the only reason that Lewis poked fun at Citizen Times and... No, that was me. Or Weld poked fun at Citizen Times was that he lives in a coal slough in West Virginia where they barely have internet (laughs) and it's a way for him to make himself feel bigger while making us uh, feel smaller. So... It's it's funny you mention that because this is the uh, this is the Dominican uh, uh, the Dominion Post our, our our newspaper here in Morgantown which I get every day Ryan and <laughs> guess who's on the cover this morning what I'll tell you a funny Whoa. story about this yeah is, it's me and my kids whoa oh listen to this <laughs> we, had a, we had a snow day yesterday and I was like I'm gonna go skiing with the kids because the kids are out of school but I'm gonna try and do that thing where it's no one at work knows that I'm leaving so I just kind of snuck out. <laughs> Well, I'm loading the skis up, and there's a guy taking pictures. <laughs> and lo and behold, today I'm on the front page of the paper <laughs> going to Seven Springs. <laughs> That's almost like the time you were on the front page of the paper for buying booze on Sunday. You <laughs> remember that memory. So, okay, Ryan, to sum it up, let's, let's just, I'm just going to say this. My problem wasn't with the Asheville bongo section. That was a jab at grace. What I was mentioning, I think the point of me mentioning that was, or bringing them up, was that like many people, I mean, I think their first reaction when they see a death in the river is they start questioning whether kayaking is safe or not, you know. And that's an image that, as kayakers, we have to address all the time. You know, how many times, Fuseli, how many times have you heard someone who's been in the lower yacht, like a family member or a relative or a neighbor, who went on the lower yacht and almost died? Oh, I mean. That'd be everybody. Been, yeah, so <laughs> many. Like, no, Everyone. he did almost die. And they're like, he oh, yeah, in I the did. Water. He was almost yeah. dead. They're like, he was oh. dead. It's you were wearing like, jeans, and you were probably sinking a little bit. And <laughs> well, if you didn't listen to the last episode, whitewater and risk is not a fun topic, but it's a part of all risk sports. It's a part of going outside. It's a part of getting in your car. Um, there's ways to mitigate it. You know, become a yeah. you know a, see if you can get some time with Dave Facilli and people who have been around and. And, and and do your best to mitigate it. Time on the water, man. Time on the water is good. Being safe, taking your time, having the proper gear. You know, I'm sure you, we talked about all this over and over, but it's, yeah, shit still happens, though, unfortunately. Are you pro or anti-PFDs, Facili? <laughs> I mean, I... I <laughs> I'm Quick. for, I'm for the PFD. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I wear very controversial almost, stance. Yeah, I wear one almost every single day. All right, let's. I get mean, it. a lot of times I'll I wear a helmet too. Yeah, I'm with you on the helmet, but you know. 
talk about the PFD later. All right, on to some good emails. Brian Tooley writes in to defend the low offset. Okay, Brian. Instant loss of cred here, and we'll get into offset. No, more. no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. He he he's defending our stance on low offset paddles. Is that he's what I'm pro? Here? He's pro oh, big offset. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Brian says, I can't agree yeah. more about paddle offset. I always felt yes. the offset should match the angle of the shaft while taking a forward stroke. If the offset offset matches the shaft angle, the control hand can provide power in a neutral position. These low angle offsets force the control hand into a position that puts high stress on the wrist. Probably old info, you guys. Combine the low offset with close grippers, and it's enough to pull your hair out. Keep up the good work. Former North Fork champ, how old of a victory victory can I still claim, Brian? So here's a good trivia question for you. What what year was Brian Tooley North Fork champion? You asking me? Either one of you guys. 96? No. I have no idea. You want the answer? Yeah. Yeah. 1946. <laughs> you know I know that? 46. <laughs> yep. Same year the Cardinals beat the Red Sox in the uh, World Series. <laughs> what? Ain't a slaughter. Yep. Knocked a tater. Eighth inning. <laughs> I don't even know. Seventh what, game. I don't even know what you're talking about. All right. Yeah, I feel like that's too Mana old. around the porch. Ma comes out old. says, you wouldn't believe what he just heard on the wireless. <laughs> Ryan Tooley won the North Fork Championship, is what he said. <laughs> okay, let's move on from that. <laughs> people, people, Brian, are, yeah, people, yeah. people are dropping off right now. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> Carrie and Revelstoke. You guys are have a complete stunned look on your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. I know you're taking time out of your day to do this. And, uh, Oh, no. Yeah, I'm good. It's cold as hell in here, though. <laughs> um, Carrie and Revelstoke wants a small brap. I have a brap, and I love it, but I feel like I'm missing out on some of the performance that larger guys get out of it. A brap for the 150-pound and below group is definitely needed, so please call out Shane or Pat about it on the show. Shane, Pat, what's up? Why only one size brap? I've been talking There's about this. a party brap, dude. Yeah, but it's the no, same no, like boat. The same size. I'm talking like a brap for like a 140 pound person. Uh, we have a small ripper. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So piranha what comes a great in. Idea. Yeah. So are you selling more of the small ripper or the regular ripper, Dave? Always medium sizes. The, the medium size always sells better. So well, but how many how many small how many small rippers do you think you're going to sell in a year? God, I don't. I don't have really a great number on that. I could say that I'll have like on the West Coast, maybe I'll have like 25 of them or so out here, 30, and I'll sell probably double the medium. Okay. Hmm. Well, but, I don't know. What do you do? I mean, here's Shane, right? Shane, they made a great boat with the Brap. I bet the Brap sold enough quantities to pay for that tool and then yeah. a bunch more on top of it, right? Sure. So they turn around and make a Delta V. Now, I understand you want to have a full portfolio of boats in your collection. But on the other hand, I'd have to believe that you would sell a lot more small braps than you would Delta Vs. I don't I, I'm just going to hold off. I did talk to Shane about it. Basically, Shane, uh, his opinion was they, they've been burnt before on making small boats. He hears what everybody's saying, but business-wise, he just doesn't see it as a good idea. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I, I think he's probably... Right there. Like I said, we, we sell significantly more mediums of any size, uh, of any boat shape, or I should say, than 
the large or the small. Let me and ask, I'd say, go ahead. Let me ask you this, okay? So we've got Carrie, okay? He wants a small brap. Should a company like Liquid Logic be like, okay, we need $40,000 of pre-orders to justify this? Why don't they just throw out a Kickstarter and let the people decide? I mean, why not? That's what we did with the 12R. And, and it's, and it's going to be a real thing, right? It's coming, yeah. Yeah. We should see the should see like the first prototype in like August. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, do you ever see launching a product on uh, on Kickstarter or or a small size for kids or a kids line or something like that as a legit business option? We don't. I don't think we need to do it for paddling gear. I mean, to be fair, we have a lot less, a lot smaller startup cost on a product than a boat company does. You know. Um, to make a tool is what fifty fifty thousand dollars something like that. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, we have to invest. You know, with minimum orders on fabric and stuff like that, we probably have to order. You know, we're gonna we will launch a, a new product, particularly like a dry suit or something. We're maybe ten thousand dollar investment. You know, I mean it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, but I, I'm not sure if it's Kickstarter type material. There has been some products like making rain jackets and stuff like that. That's definitely outside of our marketplace that i think we'd be really really good at that uh like I, I thought about doing a kickstarter on those yeah well i understand the business aspect on that but man i just wish you know it's like every other sport there's 15 different sizes of each model and ways yeah. to really tweak it out for you and i wish whitewater had that i guess that's yeah which we just need more need more numbers need more numbers we need to teach more moths to to roll and and catch eddies and just get on the water. Um, let's see. Moving on here. The outburst. I kind of want an outburst now after the last boat. show. You know? And uh, we've got it's some. It's like a long brap. I mean, that's a, it's a long party brap. That's the best way I can explain it. Yeah. That's really long, isn't it? Like 10 yeah. feet? I think it's like 16 feet long. long. <laughs> 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 Sorry, dude. I'm coaching your internet here. It has a. Uh... I think there's a rudder on that thing, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember running gag. splat. I could have swore I used to run splat in an outburst, and right before I'd run, go off the lip, I'd pull up that rudder, pull up that skeg. <laughs> like a big lever on the side of that boat. <laughs> um, one more I'm just thing. trying to make Dave laugh at this point. I'm not even doing a show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, did you just get busted squatting? Is that what just went on? <laughs> Uh, one of the yeah, one of the people that lives here is he's here, but we're I think he's gonna let me stay. <laughs> um, you know, Rue says Damn something soccer, re- something really interesting. He's like uh, the older saw blade boats are made of cross link plastic, and for whatever reason, they have a lot more rocker. It could be that there were multiple molds molds made, but I think that they made different cooling molds which would affect the rocker. I don't know anything about he, that. He's, he's, point, he's pointing out this, the, the, outburst, the outburst came in two versions. There's one with a big saw blade on the back and one that just had the logo or the words outburst or something written on it. But he's saying the saw blade ones were better. If you could find one with a saw blade on it, that's like uh, the buffalo sounds, head nickel. You know, yeah, <laughs> That sounds better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely more badass. Yeah. Saw blades have more rocker if you can find one of those. Speaking of the outbursts, 
The Hammer Factor in-house historian Tim Kennedy reviewed the outburst. It is a great review. He, uh, he recounts being on Gore at 3000 CFS 20 years ago and recently taking it out. Um, where did he take it? To the numbers? Pedaling the numbers at 700 CFS. I mean, this is a rave review on the outburst. He loves it, huh? He loves it, man. You know, basically the only thing he says is put a backbend in it and you're ready to crush. So no I can shit. help with that. Wow. Yeah. He, he asked if, uh, you know, he asked if Scott Shipley had, had some input in the design of this boat. Uh, Scott Shipley was, you know, our top slalom paddler for many years and world cup medalist, I believe. Anyway, uh, I actually wrote Scott this morning and, uh, a text and he responded back. He did not exactly have hands on design, do hands-on design work on that boat, but he was designing his Predator race boat in the same room that uh, Fritz Orr and um, Steve Scarborough were making the uh, outburst. So there was some discussion back and forth. I mean, I think if you look at the outburst, there's no question that when those guys made it, they were looking at Shipley's Predator when they were how, putting it How together. long is that boat for real? It's got to be under 16 feet. <laughs> I think it's 11 feet, isn't it? Is it 11? That sounds right, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think Wells at five feet off. I think I think the uh, the strategic outbur- uh, outburst uh, reserve crew is going to write back with a very complicated chart explaining <laughs> colors and boat lengths and temperatures and <laughs> storage conditions. Yeah. I don't I don't think we've heard the last of. <laughs> We're of seeing enormous that. variations of upward half of a centimeter between <laughs> model years. <laughs> in the end, the important thing is that there's a goddamn saw blade on the back. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. I'm looking for one yep. of those right now. Um, Nathan Polly writes in, justifying my rant. Um, on hating the environment. I don't hate the environment. That's totally the wrong way to take it. You know, you, you're, anyway, Nathan says, I'm officially recommending a, in quotes, may affect, not likely to adversely affect, call for your video concerning the wild and scenic status on the Nolichucky with concern to the Eastern Hellbender. That's official legal jargon for, Tell that environmentalist to calm their shit. <laughs> Geltman should back me up. The real danger to the eastern hellbender is development, which leads to buildup of silt in the stream and the destruction of their habitat. Wild and scenic status for the Nolichucky would be a net positive and a massive win for the species. I feel vindicated. He says, stay yeasted, I guess, Nathan. Um, that's, that's really the point of the article, that he closed in saying, stay yeast." possible to heat this thing all right there he is sorry you got used it did lewis lewis just just chimed in there totally i don't know what he's doing i'm ending it and bringing lewis lewis is coming in everybody he (laughs) well he got fired by twitter but look he can't stay away grace grace will actually help whoever the last person to talk to grace will get his favor as it turns out Um, anyway, that's a great email from Nathan Polly. I got to tell you, I love Nathan's emails and what he brings to the squad here. And anytime you want to back me up, any listener, you'll get top billing here on the Hammer Factor. Oh, one well, thing we forgot. Looky, looky. Looky there. Looky there. Yeah. Have you got a mic? Whoa. Whoa. See if it works. You better, work? you better, you, you better. better. Better put your headphones in. We got echo out the wazoo. Well, speaking of Lewis, is it, is it warm over at your house? I might come over there and do this. 
Lewis, I'm glad you're here because I need some serious help with this weed discussion coming up here in a minute. Yeah. You Is that are, working? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Speaking of Lewis, Lewis, T-shirts are here. I sent you guys a picture. I sent one out to you, Lewis. So T-shirts are for sale on the website. You recording? <sighs> yeah, yeah, we're on the air. You just came in mid on the air. Uh, Facility has basically taken over your part of the show, and I let everybody know about the Twitter firing this morning, and it looks like you're back. So, Twitter Fuck like sakes. Back. <laughs> this is just like... However it is that we schedule these things, it's like entirely lost on me. It's like... <laughs> Dang. It's like like Grace like like sounds like a carrier pigeon to weld over in West Virginia, <laughs> and like I may may not hear about it. It was like, yeah, we're gonna do it Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> hey, Dave knew exact time. Weld knew exact time. I was here. I was ready. I was like ten minutes early. I feel like I am getting the Twitter firing. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, well, being that Lewis is here, should we just jump into a little everything is fucked? Yeah. Dude. Oh, this sounds fun. Dude, really good things happening right now, man. That's why I'm busy. I'm actually like... <laughs> Are you getting... <laughs> did you find a girlfriend? <laughs> did, did you see... And last week, I was almost married. I'm did... still almost married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, really great news. She's not pressing charges. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll Jesus keep her. Christ. You guys, your goal just to like like make my life with my woman difficult. How that... many how many years have you been almost married? I don't know, three or four. <laughs> An appropriate number. Uh, listeners out there, how long is too long to string a girl along? That's oh, what we want to know. Send us an email. Is three years, yeah. five years, seven years? What year are you on, Lewis? I don't keep track of these things. Uh, three or four. Uh, three I'm four, perfectly four. happy. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, this, this, could get me, just... this could get me yeasted from my relationship here. <laughs> <laughs> How long you been holding on, Facili? Like you... three, three and a half. Well, yeah. This Crash is what happens on. when you're when you're married and have kids. Is that your goal in life is just to hassle? your buddies who are still just living life happily. I'm not hassling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Will. He's so happy. <laughs> Look at him there. <laughs> Jesus. All right, all right. Let's clean this show up. Come yeah, on. We're all, right. we're all over the map. All right, we, we're, two okay. things, Lewis, before we move on to our weed and whitewater discussion. Um, there's an article from the guardian that was in the show notes. Um, basically, Man, I thought it was a few minutes early. Basically it's a uh, barbed wire barbed wire across the rivers and we want to hear about the positive things happening in your world are you rolling one up facility yes okay <laughs> anyway um, i think i'm glad i'm tipping out on the weed and whitewater conversation whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, we're going yeah exactly I, I just came here to to talk about the guy who says that weld only gets his news from breitbart and to respond to the dude who wrote in about hating to hear about politics okay that's all i'm here for all right well let's uh let's respond to that one first lewis there was a guy who basically did not want to hear your segment and think that we should keep politics out of whitewater what say you well i don't know i mean first of all i feel like i hope most people like it i feel like i get a lot of nice feedback that was the first person who wrote in and was like 
knock it off. But I think that was probably mostly in regards to our NRA conversation, which is not totally shocking. But, um, I mean, I guess to me, it's like, you know, like we've all been kayaking for a really long time. And I, my interest in having like a two hour long conversation about like the new Jackson dogma or whatever is like pretty limited at this point. And like, what's interesting to me is, you know, like our community, right? It's like this thing that we're all doing together. And part of that to me is kind of us banding together and, you know, making the change we want to see in the world and representing our community. And, you know, as much as I like to, to gripe about, you know, all the people moving to white salmon and everything, it's like, it's kind of cool. You know, it's like, we have this town that's like, it's like a 1500 person town and like 150 of them are classified kayakers. And it's like, it's kind of neat, you know, it's like, we're building this cool community out here. And I know you guys have that in Nashville and you have that in Pennsylvania. And it's like, we're all kind of in this stuff together. And part of that is, you know, participating in making the changes we want to see. And uh, I don't know, to me, that includes talking about these big picture things that are going on that affect all of us. And that's sort of like subject of professional and personal interest to me. And I guess at the end of the day, it's like, it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. It's of interest to us. You know? it's like, <laughs> I'm just, if, if you guys aren't sick of it, then that's the audience that matters to me, to be honest. <laughs> Well, I'm, cer- I'm certainly not here to censor anybody on the Hammer Factor. Um, if we uh, if we rub anybody the wrong way with our political conversations, please feel free to send John Grace a note, and he'll send you a refund for that episode straight away. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about this? Who owns the water? People putting barbed wire across the river. Is it? I mean, is that legal? Dude, is it cool? Yeah, sorry. Say- I haven't read it yet. Okay. Well, let's move on to we, your— We uh, want that one to next week. Yeah, we can move both of those over. We have two actual things we want to discuss, but but real quick, tell us your positive news. What are you what are you fired up about right now? Dude, to remember like a month ago, the government shut down briefly and they were like, "Okay, we're going to we set funding levels and we're going to have a, a month to iron out, you know, the spending bill for the rest of 2018." And that just came out last night and it just passed the house this morning and I think it's going to pass the Senate this afternoon. But it includes that wildfire funding fix that we've been working on for like years and years and years and years. This is has to do with how the Forest Service pays for firefighting on public lands. And up till now, if they spent more than the money that was available, they had to borrow the money from like all their other program areas. So just about every summer, they're just pulling money and pulling workers. They're supposed to be doing things like trail maintenance or forest planning or whatever it might be. And now that this is going to end that problem, the Forest Service is basically going to be able to access disaster funding, like in the same way as if there's a you know a hurricane or something like that. They're able to tap into like disaster relief money if there's like a really big fire season that ex- exceeds the the cost of like the ten year average for fire suppression. They'll be able to tap into this like reserve of money, so that's going to end fire borrowing, and it's. I mean, this is like the most important thing that can happen for the Forest Service to be able to do all the rest of the things that it does. It's like, I can't overstate what a big deal this is and how long we've been working on it. It's like super, super, super good news. And, you know, like last week we talked about that. We also talked about um, this idea that they were going to get rid of the applicability of the roadless rule to the Tongass National Forest in Alaska. And that was going to be this precedent that was going to start 
you know, rolling back roadless protections all over the country and that didn't get in. So that's super good news. Um, I mean, basically as far as the public land stuff goes, like everything in here is like, like pretty good, you know, like Trump had been proposing these like radical cutbacks to agency budgets. None of that happened. Everything got basically either flat or increased funding. There was a little note in there about Zinke's plans to reorganize the Department of Interior. That all has to um, get approved by Congress. They were uh, careful to remind him. So that that was a little slap on the wrist for our buddy. And uh, I don't know, a couple other things in there. We're like just putting together an email to send out to folks now. But basically, it's like super good news, man. Just really stoked. What specifically did, did people miss out on that the National Forest Service didn't have money for? What is what specifically would affect somebody out biking or kayaking or whatever? I mean, like literally everything. And it's like they're, you know, especially because so much trail work and stuff gets done during, you know, during the summer, during fire season. I mean, there are like, there are people who are literally getting pulled off of like their desk jobs to go fight fires. So like, this is just gonna, you know, really help curtail all of that so it's just you know like like fire suppression is now more than half of the forest service's budget so it's just been eating away at the forest or you know like 15 years ago it was like 25 percent, and now it's more than half and so you know just everything that the forest service does to maintain public lands to like provide recreation infrastructure all of it is you know affected by this is there a reason beyond the obvious why we're seeing so much more money being spent on fire suppression uh i mean it really is you know it's climate it's um you know it's just that the cost of you know doing anything goes up right i mean like inflation and you know everything else and uh you know i mean, i think that sort of what you're looking for is like is is the lack of um logging or whatever it is is that in some way contributing to the problem of fire and i my, my sense is that it's not that it's much more you know like they the forest server hasn't had to really like scale back its ability to do like veg management stuff because of fire money because that's still such a big priority for them so i think it's just really you know climate it's costs have been rising and agency budgets have been you know basically flat so this means more more money for roads and campgrounds and bridges and things like that. Yeah, totally. Killer. Nice work, oh, Lewis. Good. Big props, yeah. buddy. Hell yeah. All right, so Dude, big team effort. Fighting the good fight. Now uh now let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. And uh Dave, I want to throw this over to you because you were repping for a brand. There was a discussion, an email that was passed around amongst us about how sponsors would feel about being in the same category as cannabis companies. Can you kind of uh, backtrack to that email that we, uh, that we passed around and kind of your repping job that you had going on? Sure. I, I yeah. mean, I had the email here too, if you want to read it. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Go go ahead and, and go ahead and summarize it. I don't think we need to read the whole thing. Um, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to cut cut you off there, Dave. No, no. That's, that's kind of what he does. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. I'm yeah. used to it. criticized by for that numerous times. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, Dave wrote Dave wrote me uh, me and I'm assuming all his other sponsors an email the other day saying that he's going to be uh, he's going to be involved with a uh, a company that sells what are the, what is some kind of cannabis just just weed in, it's, not, it's not in yeah yeah just weed right and so you were asking and because you know they, this company would be tagged. Uh, and you know your Instagram and, and things like that and videos. I, yeah, videos. I feel like you were kind of addressing this email to me because I just I talked well, about this with Max and I have two kids who you know who are nine and twelve who idolize Dave Fuselli. They have countless little Dave Fuselli Lego kayaks. You've won many, many Lego kayak championships here. <laughs> yeah, I should rack those titles up for you. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I thought, okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate question. And, and it got me thinking about, about our sport and its relationship with pot, which is obviously extensive. And uh, I thought, okay, I'll just, so I, what I did was we were going skiing one day, and I, I just talked with my oldest kid, my 12-year-old, about this for about an hour to get his opinion on it. Um, but then while I'm doing this, I thought, man, this would be a good, good topic for the show to really get yeah. to the bottom of this. Yeah, I was just, I was, you know, and I, I wrote that, yes, and, and, and again, like you said, I know that you're, you know, it was somewhat directed at you, but I also just wanted to get opinions of, of all the people that I have been working with, as I said, some of you for almost 10 years. Um, so I put you first, you know, the people that I respect the most, and um, yeah, so I was just looking for, for reactions and opinions to a concept like that. Um, Basically, uh, the repping is, that I had been doing, I've been doing it for like a year now. What's, what's the um, name of the company? You're more than free to say it here on the Hammer Factor. Leaf, Leafworks. Leafworks, okay. Leafworks. Um, and yeah, I, just, I got brought, out, brought on to, 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 to sell stuff, right? So any other, anything else, any other rep job you've done, roll in there with um, samples and product and show people, describe how it's grown, where it's grown. You know, what other products we have in line with it, um, price sheet, menu, blah, 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 and try to open doors to these cannabis stores in Washington State. Um, so, yeah, that was that's the repping side of it. Okay. So, I mean, what's, what's the problem? I mean, why is this a thing? You know, as I mentioned to my kids, you know, this is legal in Oregon and Washington. I mean, if they're going to grow up kayaking... Uh, it's, it's going to be there. I mean, you can't, I mean, or skiing or any, basically any other outdoor sport, it seems like it's part of the gig, you know, why is this a thing? Um, why are we, I know there's a lot of parents out there who are in my situation are like, should we shield our kids from this? Is that, especially out East where it's not as legal as it seems to be other places out West? Well, well, let's break that down a little bit first. So just to back up, um, Dave, sent an email to IR, said, hey, I have this opportunity to do a sponsorship with this brand I was repping. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Dave. And I want to make sure it's all right with you. And then, so let's just start with the kids thing because that is what you brought up first. What's your opinion on it, John? Mine? Yeah. Your, let's, let's hear your opinion on it. Um. I mean, I have no problem with I have no problem with pot. I mean, I, I don't care; it doesn't bother me one bit. I'd say, you know, it's hard to draw an equivalency, but I don't understand why weed is illegal in many states and alcohol isn't. Um, 
you know, I think by raising kids, you just have the rat, you just have this kind of feeling like, do I need my kids exposed to more potential problems? Do I really need that? It's not a fair answer. It's not an objective, you know, policy or anything. It's just like you start worrying about it, you know, and then you start to think, well, man, I negotiated, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably not that big of a deal, you know, but yet it's still the, the, the issues there. Otherwise Dave would be writing his emails. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what do you got? I mean, Grace, what do you think? Did you have the sex talk with your kids? Uh, you know, the older one. Yeah. It's not like, like with the weed thing, it's just not, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm happy to discuss this with them. doesn't matter. doesn't matter to me. You know, it's not like I'm going to sit them down on the bed and I'm like all nervous and (laughs) like, uh, (laughs) I need to talk to you about marijuana, you know? (laughs) I mean, mean, some people, but I think that there's a lot of people that would feel that way and would have that reaction, you know? And that's, and that's, uh, I don't know. I guess that's just how, uh, cannabis or weed has been portrayed and you know it's like devil lettuce you know you 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 know just like all this ridiculous shit that um in my opinion if you're gonna line the two up alcohol is way worse than than marijuana in my opinion you know you everyone will have their own but well um, and when it comes to the kids I, there, I think there has to be guidelines put in place just like there are with any rules or things that you have with your kids Um, I, and this is just me thinking about what in the future, you know, like definitely there's going to have to be that talk, talk about experiences and whatever. And then you got to talk about why it's legal some places, why it's not legal. What's the medical part of it? I think just educating your kids on it. And then, you know, really you got to just be like, look, if, 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 if it's illegal here and you're doing it, I got to foot the bill for it, you know? So you're in trouble. You know, like personally, I think that's the way I think you got to approach it with your kids as like a real topic, just like eating too much ice cream or drinking underage or bullying. You know what I mean? I think it's a topic you have to get past. I don't, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. As far as I I guess, but but I think it's relevant to kayaking because in so many ways, like the kayaking culture and weed culture are, you know, it, weed culture is part of kayaking for a lot of people, you know, and uh, you, between like Rasta dry suits or whatever, or green, you know, green crosses on life jackets or in it's, it's like part of the image, you know, and sometimes, you know, I feel like since IR is not full, you know, jumped in with both feet into that, we're, we're missing customers sometimes. We're not resonating with customers, you know, doesn't, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's not like I'm concerned about it but it's a thing for sure you know um and so you know do you want i mean i guess it's a complicated i haven't really thought this out but it's complicated in the sense that you know i want my kids to be involved with kayaking you know and we're kayak gear manufacturer do do we need like how much of part of 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 pot is with kayaking i mean i i've been partaking since i was a kid you know, for, for quite a long time, but I don't know. I think the key with all that is just everything in moderation. You have to be smart. And like you were saying, Grace, like that's one of the conversations that you do have to have with your kids is like, they're going to do it. Most likely they're going to, they're going to try it at least, you know, or it's going to, or they're going to be put in a position, you know, they're going to be around it. You know, you got to kind of prepare them for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I went to a grateful dead concert with my dad when I was in like, 
I don't know, seventh or eighth grade, which is where the first time I saw, you know, someone smoking weed. But I think what's important in the end is that your children, that you, you, they have to be smart. It's like they're most likely going to do it. But for example, in West Virginia, on most of the East Coast, it's still illegal. So you have to be smart about it. You can't be out in the public. You can't be around people. You have to hide. <laughs> you know, I've had this conversation with other younger paddlers who have been like in world class, you know, at, at the traveling high school, you know, with those guys and the kid, one of the kids has been, had been caught and was like around me and like at a festival and near the, you know, the prawn tent. I'm like, dude, I know you do this. You know, I do this. Don't be a dumbass about it. And I think that that's the best you can do as a parent. I'm not a parent, but that's, you know. The thing that's weird to me is like, it's so, you know, like in a lot of ways it's, it's similar to drinking, right? It's like you're you know, it has its place, but it's, you don't want to go too far with it, but it's, it's a lot different in that, like, there's so many people who are part of the sport who just smoke weed all the time. And it's like, that's the difference to me is like, like, there's a real difference between kind of dabbling in smoking weed or smoking weed occasionally and people who smoke weed all day, every day. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like I wasn't articulating that point well but that's kind of what i'm getting at i think about weed culture and kayaking or outdoor sports in general you know and you have those personalities you have those personalities with alcohol as well you know and i think a big difference there is if that personality is smoking weed all day and they're drinking all day you can compare the two i don't i mean i just feel like the alcohol is gonna just fuck you up so much yeah and i guess i agree i guess that's the difference though is i think that it's like when you have when you're around people who are you know, like if you had a friend who was drinking all day, every day, like that would, you know, everyone in that person's social circle would acknowledge that as a problem. That's right. And if you're on the way to the people. river and you're, you're doing, drinking like a vodka martini on the way to the river <laughs> and then you're stopping two or three times down the river to drink a vodka, vodka martini. Then you get on the car to the takeout and you're drinking another martini. You'd be like, this isn't working, you know? That's, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the difference is sort of the social acceptance of like a very high level of use that you know, at the least, it's not right for everybody and may not be right for it more just, people than we like to let on, you know? I mean, maybe you can explain this to me because it's not like I have a moral or any other issue with pot whatsoever. It's, to me, it's like if, if I get high, I'm, I basically, I'm useless. I'm just a zombie. It, and it just makes me really confused and kind of agitated. And I have received no pleasure in this whatsoever. So I see people smoking pot before they go to the river. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I, it's inconceivable to me that you'd want to do this to yourself before you paddle. Just because I know I'd, be, I'd just be ruined. I have, you know? I, have, I have friends and family members that they have like one or two beers and they're fucking out of control. Like they literally cannot drink. They, you know, get arrested, just make horrible decisions. So I don't know. I don't so know. Uh, break it down for me. So the, so... Uh, I'm going to interrupt you on this one. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you on this one. Well, real quick before we get into these other points, um, Dave, what, what did your other sponsors say? Are you free to divulge that? What, 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 what was your feedback you were getting, not just from John, but from other people you were sending this out to? Basically, I mean, basically, yeah, go, go for it, you know, do it. I, I didn't have anyone say anything. I didn't have any negative, um, feedback. You know, I had a couple, I had an email, from max um and he just kind of he just wrote it down to make me think about it a little bit more and uh i mean what's the problem if it's it's legal where you're doing i mean what's the problem 
Like, what are we all worried about? Well, it's not legal everywhere, and there's definitely some social yeah. barriers there. But let me ask you this, and I'm going to throw this on you, Weld. If mm-hmm. this sponsorship works out with Dave, and let's say Dave has the ability now to do bigger trips or pull off some cool stunts or do some kind of interaction to get kids into sports with it or has some way to build and elevate your brand, do you have a problem with it at that point? I don't have a problem with a period. And I, I ultimately, after a long discussion, I don't think my, my, my kid does either, you, you know, um, you know, to, to jump to the end of the story here. But, uh, I, I guess more, more my question was, is, is, uh, I don't know. It's just a thing that's out there in the sport that no one ever really talks about. It just sort of, you, you know, what about safety? Um, I had that. I was about to say, I had that thought process a lot, like in the conversation of our life jacket conversation a few weeks ago, it was like so much of the conversation was you need to be prepared to help your buddy out when the time comes. You know, I, I I question sometimes what role, you know, like if you're, you know, super scorched, how's that going to, how's that going to play out for you in any, you know, particularly urgent scenario. And I know that, you know, everybody has kind of a different tolerance or a different you know deals with things differently but i sort of let, would have liked to have gotten pat's reaction to that you know like when we we're having that conversation i mean what do you I think mean, do you think is a i mean do you think there's an equivalent between you know drinking you know i mean if it was between a couple if, beers if it was me, the river, yeah if it was me and my buddy were in trouble and that person could have either barefoot sober lewis or stoned lewis wearing shoes i would definitely prefer Barefoot Lewis, but that's just me, you know. You definitely want you definitely want barefoot. Well, there's no question about it. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be sitting there staring at barefoot you like an idiot. Well. Yeah, I'd be like, "What is going on? <laughs> How long have I been standing here?" <laughs> <laughs> Are they really in trouble? <laughs> what is trouble exactly? You don't have to. You don't have to worry about that with me. I always wear shoes. You got, I mean, all right. So you guys, you guys who smoke coffee before you put on the water, is it, do you feel like you're, you're, uh, you know, you're debilitated or you're operating at less than a hundred percent? I'm, I'm, I'm generally smoother, more connected. I feel like, I'm, yeah, just kind of, uh, I feel like I'm paddling a little bit better. Um, and I think it's, Yeah. I do. I feel better. I feel smoother. I just like feel more connected, I would say for whatever reason. And, and, but that's, that's my take on it. And, and I enjoy it more. It, it kind of lets me, I mean, kayaking itself is, you know, a stress reliever and a way to step outside the box. And that's, I think that's why most of us enjoy it. You know, it's like a, it's an adrenaline. It's a, it's a, it's a focus. And I think that I focus even more with cannabis and like, I, you know, I'm the type of person that I, I'll, I'll smoke and then I'll go running. I'll smoke or I'll go to the weight room. I'll smoke or I'll go biking. Um, you know, I, it's a motivator for me. And, and a focus, it's, it, it helps me focus whenever I'm physical. If I'm sitting down to write emails, I'm not fucking smoking ever. <laughs> it, just, it slows me down, you know, and, and I think finding that balance is also, you know, key. Um, but it seems like at that point you've transitioned from recreational use to self, self-medication of some sort. Maybe you know, so. I mean, and to me, that's the difference between like alcohol and you kind of talked about this earlier, alcohol and weeds, because, you know, most people that I know, I know a lot of people who have a beer or whatever to every night. You know what I mean? But I hardly know anybody 
who is at least openly drinking all day. I know a lot of people who smoke pot all day, you know, just for me to be paddling. And I just kind of feel like, well, they're kind of operating constantly at like 70%, you know? They're just have, have relegated themselves to that status kind of permanently. And in the yeah. discussion with my kid, I was like, that, you know, you have, there's a lot of challenges in life that, you know, you're going to have to deal with. And, and, you know, when you turn 18, you're going to have to kind of figure this stuff, this stuff out on your own to a bigger degree. But I have to be honest, if you were one of those guys who were kayaking and kind of, you know, just high all the time, I'd be a little disappointed. I really would, you know, I just, I, I would want you to be doing more than that, you know? Right. I mean, do you think my way off on that? I mean, I just, cause I'm not a, I, for me, like pot's just not enjoyable in any way or, you know, I, th- mm-hmm. I think you're way off on that. Not with everybody, but I think you are with some people. Like, I think, I think what Dave's saying is like, you know, it's, it's not legal here in North Carolina. So only when I'm out in Washington, would I know about this, but, or wherever mm-hmm. I'm at. But, uh, you know, right. I, I agree with that sentiment that when it's time to go recreate, it can enhance the joy out of that. And the whole reason I go kayaking or trail running or mountain biking or anything like that is for the joy. I'm looking to have fun. And if, and if it enhances that experience, then it's great. I certainly don't feel like I'm any, any less safe or anything like that. If anything, I'm more cautious um, more aware, more, a little bit more aware and not so just like head down tourist, the bull style. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's so many benefits from it too. And, and that's another thing that it doesn't even hold a candle to alcohol. You know, it's like, uh, uh, epile- or, uh, seizures. And, um, I don't know. I wrote some of this stuff down somewhere, but you know, there's a lot the swelling, uh, joint pain, uh, they think it, they think that cannabis that blocks, uh, cancer cells from growing, uh, the way it, the way the, um, the, it attaches to your, to your sensors. I mean, there's, there's so many things that are coming out about cannabis in that are, they're like almost miraculous, you know, miraculous things that it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I can see the, I, know, I, I can see the doctors in our audience, like hammering out emails right now as, as, we're, <laughs> as we're listening to this. Well, yeah. And I mean, but you know, the, the doc, I don't know. I could go on and on about this shit. You know, when we go into the, to the doctor end and the medical side of it, you know, quote, unquote, it drives, medical profession. <laughs> it drives, well, it drives me, it drives me insane. Big pharma. That, that, uh, you know, you've got a plant and, you know, so-called that, physicians. Would you let Dave talk? <laughs> well, sorry. Well, I'm going to mute your mic. <laughs> right. Well, at some point. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying there for sure. There, there is that. However, you know, there's also, you know, you go, there are me- there are medical benefits to it for sure you know you can go or you can go to the doctor and get prescribed an opioid you know oxycontin or whatever the hell and then that can fix you too i guess you know and then then you've got people going they're like why do we have why is there such so much heroin why is there so much heroin use and death and all this is well well we're giving people heroin you know at the hospital and then they get off of it they run out of their oxycontins and they go to the street and get the shit you know, whereas cannabis is, it doesn't kill people. People don't really get addicted to it. There's never been a death from that I know of from cannabis. Um, I don't know. I just think that that is is crazy. It's like, and in my eyes, it's like the people, the doctors, the the government, whatever, whoever you want to, they're they're not, they're not trying to help you. They're trying to help them. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think people should really open their <clears throat> eyes and watch when you when you get hurt and you need to take oxycotton or something. Try to not to fucking do that. Yeah. But we're talking about Grace seeking out marijuana to go for a trail run or to go boating or to yeah, go into so a lot of people who don't who don't smoke pot that's going to sound really broken you know what i mean what do you mean broken i don't know what you mean it just seems like i mean gelman i, I i'm not gonna say it. gelman can say it because i see i can see the look on his face gelman's i want to tell you what gelman's thinking gelman's thinking <laughs> that why why do you need to do anything why does it even part of the equation do you like when you're like ha- out with some friends to have a couple beers doesn't it enhance your conversation and just like the night and the experience? Fair enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. And that brings me back to like something, another topic on this is the social stigmas. And I think a big thing is that someone like you who doesn't, who, who isn't into cannabis, well, that makes you feel goofy or you as well, Lewis, when you're around other people who it doesn't necessarily affect, it's kind of like, and this is something that I don't think is on purpose by anybody who does or doesn't, you know, smoke but does it kind of give you that feeling you're not one of the cool kids like you're like an outsider like it kind of makes you feel um kind of alienated because you're not with that group and it's not something you're into well since i'm on the hammer factor now i have a new confidence in these situations (laughs) i never had before i mean to me it's like it's like there's a few different streams to the conversation you know it's like i think you know yeah i think dave's point a while ago that you know, you have friends who can drink like two beers and they're just a disaster is like, I mean, that's totally valid. And I think, you know, all these things hit people in different ways. Like people have different affinities for it or it just reacts with them differently. And I think that's, I think that's totally legitimate. And I think your point about, you know, like if the, if the bar is, is it better to smoke weed all the time or take opiates? Like, yeah, I mean, that's not a hard, you know, I mean, that's not a hard bar to clear, you know, like if the option, if the alternative to smoking weed all the time is doing a bunch of painkillers, like, yeah, go smoke weed. But, and I, you know, I think that we're all kind of in agreement too, that, you know, if you're smoking weed in the same way that you're, you know, would have a couple beers at the end of the day, I don't think Welder, I, you know, really takes issue with that either. It's like the only, you know, the real gray area, or the, the thing that, it's troubling for, for him and for me, I think it's just the like constant all day a weed smoking, you know? And I'd never drink a beer before it paddled because even if it didn't affect my performance, I just would subtract from it. Same thing with running or doing anything else. You know, it would just be a negative. What if it, what if it enhanced it? Would you drink the beer then? That's the thing because I think what we're talking about is that clearly there are people who – who smoke pot and it affects them very differently than it does me and a lot of other people. Because if, if it affected them the same way as it does me, they wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they'd, <laughs> sure. you know, unless they delighted in being incapa- completely incapacitated or <laughs> catatonic or something. <laughs> um, and so, but I think, you know, so you get, you know, you're driving shuttle where people are smoking pot and they're like, Hey, you want some? I'm always like, uh, mm, well, I'm okay right now. You know, cause you just want to, you, you know, the sort of like, you know, and kayak is always kind of the feeling like it's what you do, you know? I think that, I think that's the big thing with a lot of people and, and hating on weed is that it's that social aspect that they feel like an outsider, even though the people who are smoking weed, you know, aren't necessarily meaning to put that on them. 
That's my that's yeah. My no, thing. I haven't. I mean, I haven't felt that way in thirty years. But I know people out there. I know that's a, that's a t- source of tension for people for sure. I, I have a. Fr- the only reason I say that is because I have a friend who's like that, and it's like, it's it's that social stigma more than more than any kind of stance against it. Uh, I mean, I will say I've. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna take much to connect the dots here, but I have a friend in this industry who has different thoughts on this than I do. And we've often discussed how, you know, you can subtly brand this into your products and you're definitely more part of an in crowd. You, you know what I mean? It's or it feels that way, you, you know, and if you're not jumping in it completely, you're, you're not in that in crowd. Um, and that is a thing, you, you know, um, there's certain, you know, there's certain dog whistles you can put on a product to let you know <laughs> you're the, one of the crew, you know, uh, so it's, that's, uh, yeah. that's more of an interesting, that doesn't bother one way or the other, but it's just sort of an interesting aspect of branding your, your product in, in paddle sports, you know, or, or biking or skiing for that matter. You what, know, do you embrace, do you embrace pot as like a, like part of your, your branding effort? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you have to. <laughs> People love my uh, teal dry suit though, man. I'll tell you that weld. That's right. <laughs> It's green. It's it's fucking green. Dave, you t- you touched on this, and so you kind of have the opinion that cannabis can be, in a way, a performance enhancer for you. Yeah, I, I do think it. I think it is. Um, I just think it relaxes it, it relaxes me and makes me focus. I've actually had people, you know, when I was doing the repping with for LeafWorks, I've had people, um, you know, some of the vaporizer vapor carts that we sell. I had a guy try. He's an ultra marathon runner. He runs all the time, and he really liked the cartridges that we had because he said it opened up his lungs better. It was like a, a bronchial uh, dilator. He claims. Uh-oh. I well, can hear the doctors writing the letters again. <laughs> I don't know about that, but he swears by it. I've, I've, heard, I've heard this over and over again. It's not the first time I've heard that from people. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it. I think it does. I think it does enhance, and I think it. You know, I think it, yeah. I don't know. And I, I, you know, when you have a couple beers at night, you know, a lot of people. A lot, why do we drink? Why do we smoke? I mean, a lot of times it's, it's to relax. We have, we have holes in our in our hearts that we can't fill. That's because we've been staring at computer all day. That's why. You know, it's like it's an out. It's a it's a way to 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 burn up energy. I think, especially when humans you know we're, we're like continuing to sit down more and more and i think we're we're made to move you know what i mean and you, people are sitting at desks and in, in offices and cubicles for so much of their lives and they they get out of that house and they just want to go fucking crazy and have a couple drinks and, and maybe smoke some pot or whatever the hell it is um I don't know what the hell my point is, but I think in the end, <laughs> See, smoking, I'm talking some, about? smoking some cannabis is, is, uh, is a better move, I think, for most people. Uh, All right, David, I, David, I know the answer to this for you, but John Grace, have you ever smoked, smoked pot with your parents, your dad? Your no, mom? negative. What would happen if you were to take that up with your dad? Who is a cop, I, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's just a layer of respect there that, you know, if, if, if that's your, you don't want to force someone you love to be a hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to, mm-hmm. it's just something that's just, but, but at the same time, you know, it's my, you know, back does in he the, know that you smoke, does he, does he know that you smoke pot? Oh, you mean back in the day, a long time ago when I used no, to? now. Yeah. No. I mean, in real life. Yeah. 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 I believe so. Uh, you believe so, but you never just, you would never discuss it with him. Uh, 
it's not, you know, it's definitely not something. I, it's been discussed actually a few times. And it's kind of It's a different it's a different time though. He was your your parents, my parents or their grandparents were fed a whole different image, man. Than your kids are being fed right now, like entirely different. Yeah, that's a tough question though cuz like, you know, my dad, he's fully anti the war on drugs. Thinks it's a total waste of resources. He has a different kind of perspective on it. So, I don't How about you, Geltman? Have I ever smoked pot with my parents? Yeah. No. No. I th- you How know. About, now Grace, would you smoke weed with your kids? No. When they got turned 18 or 20. No, no, no. Well, maybe when they're, maybe like when they're fully on their own, fully don't have to, they're fully on their own. You know, I yeah. can see doing that. But, I, you know, there's just certain things. When they ask you if you smoke pot, what do you say? Like they're 12. Uh, well, I'll say that I have. Oh, come on. You're not yeah. going to be, you're not going to be, you're not going to be forthright about that? No, there's certainly, are you going to tell your kids everything that you've done? Absolutely. Oh my God. In that regard, absolutely. What am I going to lie about? When we talk, when I talk about the 12 year old, he was like, did you smoke? I'm like, yeah, I have, of course. And what am I going to tell you? Well, I'll certainly, you know? I'll certainly, it's let just it, not my thing. I'll certainly really care for it. let it be known that there's barriers and there's ways to do things that are going, you're going to, basically I'm going to go back to anything in moderation is okay. If you sit around all day and just operate at 70%, that's not a, that's not a good option for you. If you can't figure that out, then, you know, that's for you to figure out. So you're saying, wait, wait, you said operate at 70%. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think if you sit around all day smoking weed, you're not going to be a hundred percent like, but you're okay being 70% when you go for your trail run or you go kayaking. Let's, let's there's, a, there's, it, there's times and places though. Like if I'm if I'm racing the North Fork Championship, for example, I am not fucking high. Exactly. No way. Exactly. No way. If I'm doing my if I'm doing my local river and I you know that I do almost every single day, then it's a okay good to chance. be then it's I okay could. to be marginalized in those situations. one hundred percent, yes. I don't because think, you're going to be marginalized if would, you don't get sleep. You're going to be marginalized if you got crappy gear. You're going to be marginalized if you got a cold. There's all kinds of ways that you're going to be marginalized. You're trying to like put like a black and white line on this, John, and it's just not like that. No, I'm just listening to what you're saying. I'm just I'm, I'm spitting it back to you to see how it sounds when you say it. Yeah. So like <laughs> when you're hanging out with your bros and you like sit down and have a beer, are you like, man, these guys are so boring. I have to have a beer to hang out with them. It's Pinot Grigio, first of all. Yeah. Second of all. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I'll tell you this as far as performance and whatnot. I did mm. a ultra, a hundred mile trail race, and yeah. we got to like mile 60, 70 or something like that. And I'd roll into the aid stations, and people would be like trying to choke down a pretzel and like, you know, whatever. And dude, I rolled in there full on munchies, man. I was like, give me three of those, give me four of those, and whatever. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know about the whole the whole like not being an enhancer and operating at 70 percent but dude you don't want to sit and eat ice cream all day you don't want to drink all day you don't want to smoke weed all day you don't want to run on a treadmill all day you don't want to do you know it, it doesn't matter and to objectify weed is this one thing that causes you to you know that's that's so, just the way so many things are that you come across i've got a good way i got a good way of explaining this i think i think when it enhances what i'm doing if i'm running the little white, let's say, um, and I know it really well and I'm stoked, then I'm more stoked. If I'm about to do the North Fork championships and sliding off that ramp, I'm already fucking scared. So it's going to enhance that a little bit for me. I'm going to be a little bit more scared, I think. Yeah, you're not. Uh, I don't do, you know. have a, do you have a little white water level cutoff for 
smoking weed? Uh, That's a good yeah, question. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I should come up with one. <laughs> four <laughs> four point two zero. No, uh, I could go. I, I could go higher than that. No, I don't know, but I think that's kind of I think that's kind of what it is for me anyway. Um, that makes sense. So where do we stand on safety brakes? Because that is something where your habit, which or whatever you want to call I don't it, do your predilection, do which I could care less about, starts to uh, impede on my my day. Yeah. Are we saying no to those? Is that a, is that a no no? Well, are we talking about real safety brakes, or are we talking People about work it out of their boat? How long's the run? Do I do it every day? Is it sunny? Yeah. Is there a nice beach? Do I have a lunch? <laughs> Dave's asking the right questions. Yeah, exactly. All right, Gelman, what do you think? I need some real help here, Gelman. I mean, if, if you want to stop and you have more than like two spongefuls worth of business to deal with on the little way, like, like I don't want to go kayaking with you. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, with, <laughs> I'm with Lewis. But I'm yeah, with I'm with Dave. If it's like yeah. a nice sunny day and you're out hanging out, like... It's, and you're doing like the whole white salmon or something like that, not just a short run section. And yeah, just stop, stretch your legs. These are, these are these are some amazing generalizations, Weld, that you're throwing on. I mean, like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, just saying that every. Basically, you're saying, oh God, these pot smokers—they just sit around on the bank and like take safety breaks all day. Think you're. Well, I think those are things that Weld's run into, right? Those are things I've run into. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's not like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, I am not. I'm playing devil's advocate here. A lot of these issues to spark a conversation. Yeah. You, you know sure. what I mean? It's, not, it's I nowhere near as polarizing as I'm making it out to be. But I do think it's an interesting subject for sure. It's something that was definitely brought to light as we talk, as I talked about this with my kid, and you know what my kid was, you know, going to be facing as he starts paddling more, and you know the fact that Dave had to write an email to address this. I mean, why? I mean, really, the, the bottom line is why bother writing an email about something that he's doing com- that's completely within the the law with the place that he lives? What difference well, does it make? Because you, you know? got because immersion research is is countrywide and piranhas worldwide, and and it's not legal where you're at, and uh, yeah. you know it's uh, it's I, like I a know. very it's, different. It's a very different culture, like East Coast to West Coast, too. You it know? is. So, like, here, it really it's, like, you know, like, if you go to the bar in D.C., there are not, like, half a dozen people smoking a spliff, like, in front of the bar. And right. here, it's, like, you know, like, like nobody cares. Nobody right. cares. It's just, like, it's the same as drinking. Yeah, so that's why. I mean, that, that would be why I would want to uh, bring it up. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, you do have kids and, you know. I would not want to disrespect how, I mean, I try to be as open as possible. I think that's a good quality for everyone to have. So no, I, t- I definitely took that lead and that's why I brought up rather than, you know, try and repackage this into that discussion where I'm sitting in my kid's bed, you know, <laughs> awkwardly discussing this. I just told him about the email and I, you know, spilled my guts about it. Well, I think that what I've got out of this discussion is that there are people who don't smoke weed have a generalization about people who do smoke weed. And there's like a judging there. I don't think there. that's... And I, no, I don't think that's true. I'm, no, that's, I what I'm, that's, I, that's what I'm... Are you getting this, facility? I mean, it seems... Not, I mean, kind of, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And some of like the smartest, brightest scientists, people who have done incredible things have, have, have smoked cannabis. So I think it's unfair to kind of generalize I think it's people who for, paddle for as being like slow or less safe or something like that. I don't think it's a, a valid argument at all. 
No, I think, I think it's we're just like teasing out the conversation. Thank you. That's exactly right. I think it's a lot like cilantro, where there's people out there who can't stand cilantro and they wonder why people could eat it, and <sighs> you know, and it's, I feel the same way. I mean, I just, it's to me, I'm like, clearly it's a different experience for for other people. There's no question about that. You, All right. you know. All right. So as a brand, IR. So you're okay yeah. with Dave throwing a LeafWorks logo up there with you? Absolutely. Okay. What about Jägermeister? Yeah, well, that was the thing. When I, you know, my, then Karen and I talk about hang this. Hang on, hang on. Know, yeah, yes or no? Further. Yeah or no? And I was like, I mean, what if Dave was representing, uh, you, you know, what's the, uh, the New Belgium? Who would just build a brewery down there in Brevard? Yeah. Uh, Sierra Nevada or Dales or whatever. Yeah, I mean, is it fair to criticize him for LeafWorks? And would he even be writing an email if he was being sponsored by, uh, you, you know, New Belgium? What about? You know? No, he wouldn't. What about? He, he wouldn't at all. What about Pornhub? That's a good one. So, um, so porn- I would say no. I would say no. I would say no. And in, in fact, this is I don't know. This is we're getting into an area where Sean are, is not going to like because we're deviating from kayaking here quite a bit. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Sean. But, <laughs> sorry, Sean. Um, you know, I did point out Start that some weed. <laughs> you know, that my kids are going to have to deal with stuff they never had to deal with. One, the fact that pot's like a thousand times stronger than anything I'd ever seen when I was growing up. That's a. Uh, B is legal in many places in this country, which was never the case with me. And so answering these questions were pretty black and white. You know, you just don't do it because it's illegal and no one needs the headache. Certainly not me when you're 16 and getting caught with it, you, you know? Um, and then I was like, you know, the other thing I have to deal with that I've never had to, have to deal with as a kid is internet porn, you, you know, of which is tons of it. And it's, you know, a fire hose of the stuff coming at you. And basically, and it's legal. It represents it. Re- no, it represents a, the internet hates women. I mean, that's if you looked as objectively, that would be your conclusion from this. It's the most misogynistic, gross thing you could imagine for the most part, you know? Yeah. And no, I wouldn't know. In that case, I would not because I do think that's a repulsive, predatory industry, you know? And that's where I draw the line. Whenever, you know, whenever I was approached to do some repping work, I, I thought about it a lot, you know, quite a bit about whether I wanted to get involved with it and selling it and all this other shit. And then when I thought about what I was selling and what people are selling and what products sell well and everything, you know, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, I'd much rather sell this than even Coca-Cola, you know, or Red Bull or Gatorade or all this bullshit that's supposed to be good for you and people are told it's good for you. Like I would much rather sell something that I think is actually can be used in the right circumstances with the right people, beneficial. And that's what I landed on. What about the NRA? What if one of your athletes was sponsored oh, by the NRA? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the final word here? Are we ready to move on from this? Do we solve this issue once and for all? Do we? Can we as kayakers now unite under a mutual respect for uh, – for this, or is there more left to be said? It depends on the listeners decide. It depends on if LeafWork inks a deal with the Hammer Factor, and uh, you know if we can get some sort of sponsorship package here, that'll dictate Good my happen. opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to. I, the biggest thing with me is that I know that sometimes, or I've been in situations back when I used to smoke weed, that um, it made people uncomfortable <laughs> around me. I didn't like that. I'll tell that. you a story. I have a friend of mine who yeah. paddled with you and Dan, Daniel and a couple other people years ago. And you guys, there was tons of water. You guys were driving around to various rivers trying to find stuff that would run. And you were smoking pot the entire time. And he was starting to freak out because he was like, <laughs> how on earth are these guys going to get down the talks away <laughs> in this state? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and it was definitely a, ha- a hand wringing situation for him. Do you know who I'm talking about? By I, any chance? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. Did, don't. Did we? Did we make <laughs> it? <laughs> but it happened. Did Did we make it, it down the river? Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a uh, well. Actually, I shouldn't say. I'm not sure what happened, but I, he, I remember him telling me that story and laughing about it. I'm not sure exactly. I think the only thing for me personally is you, I just don't want to be offensive to people. And I think some people like Lewis and John find that offensive. So I just got to be careful around that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think. Hence your email. Yeah. I think everyone should, be, you know, and I think you should be respectful when you're driving to the put in and no one wants to smoke, you know, maybe wait till the, till you get to the top, yep. you know, or yep. roll the window the whole way down. You know, you know, it, it is, it is, uh, it's smoke generally. So. We'll have to put, the, think, well, Dave, we'll have to get together and you, you pot smokers have decided that you're going to self-medicate yourself into a stupor and <laughs> you're bring your lives and, uh, and probably our sport. Yeah. Devil let us. Uh, well, we are we are way over time. It is time to get to Got everyone's uh, favorite segment of the show, rants and raves. But before I get into rants and raves, I got to give a shout out to our rants and rave sponsor, Kaleva. Kaleva's Liquid Adventures is taking the best of the East Coast and bringing it to the West Coast. We are partnering up with ENRG Kayaking School um, to bring you the semi stout tour through Oregon and Oregon in May. May 12th through 9th. This is the semi-stout tour through Oregon, May 12th through 9th. This week will be full of quality whitewater instruction, camping, and hot springs. Our tour will include rivers like the Santium, Sandy, Brighton Bush. I've never heard of that one, and others. If you're not quite ready to run the Little White with 15 of your closest beater friends, then this may be the trip for you. <laughs> Find out more at Kaleva.org. Big thanks to Kaleva. Those guys are killer. So what is the... Uh, Brighton Bush, guys. Am I saying that right? You've done it? Yeah, Brighton Bush. I've never I've never heard of it. Where's it at? It's kind of like east of Salem, kind of near Opal Creek, I think. Yeah. I know there's some like really badass hot springs down there. And I think uh, it's kind of like easy class four creaking. Does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah, yeah. Class three, four, beautiful. Um, I need to go down there and actually take my sup. Well, you, you can you can find out more about that at Kaleva.org. All right, now on to rants and raves. I'll lead us off here. I'm going to rave. I'm going to rave about states like Oregon and Washington and California <laughs> and these states that have taken a progressive step to um, legalize cannabis and all of its benefits ranging from seizures to everything in between. Tax revenue. And supporting my friend Dave. <laughs> So thank you. I'm, I'm I'm raving about that. I'll go ahead and take it one one step further. I'm raving about LeafWorks for sponsoring my friend Dennis. <laughs> so that's. I mean, I think West Virginia should legalize it because Lord knows we need we need some tax revenue in this state. There's no question about it. What do you think? Where do you stand on that, Galtman? Oh, it should definitely be legal. I mean, regardless of how you feel about weed, it's like the harm of the war on drugs vastly. Yeah exceeds anything that you could ever ascribe to weed and i gotta think too that for some place like west virginia where like opioids are a big problem it's like <laughs> there are always people who are going to want to just like turn themselves into a vegetable on the couch and it's like if the choices are taking a bunch of pain pills or just getting high as a bat like smoke weed like don't <laughs> take fucking pain pills <laughs> you know? like, yeah yeah that's my rant too so let's hear your rant what we like Dave, my my rant is 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 the like pretty much on on par with Lewis. There is is the if you cannot understand 
that there is a heroin problem in the country and it stems from the pills that you are given. You need to wake the fuck up and look around. Gelman, what do you got? I got nothing, man. You just found out about this show about 45 minutes ago. Wow. I thought I was calling in like 15 minutes early and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on super early. I'm going to like bang out the beginning of the conversation and then dip out. Well, blame Grace for this. Yeah, I'm going to rant about John Grace's scheduling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Solid. I'm glad I can take Preach. this monkey on my back. <laughs> well, all right. Can I rave? Yeah, I got to rave. All right. Let's hear it. Shut us down. It's a book. It's a book. It's called Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72 by Hunter S. Thompson. It's important for three reasons. One, great uh, read if you want some perspective on uh, our current political times, Sean. And I'm going to read you the first paragraph, the first like opening, you know, these little opening paragraphs, beginning of it. Uh, this was written in 72 by Hunter S. Thompson. It goes, uh, it is Nixon himself who represents that dark, venal, and incurably violent side of the American character. Almost every other country in the world has learned to fear and despise. And it goes on like that. Second thing, uh, and this is a shout out to uh, Ben Bradley Jr. over there in uh, Asheville, Ryan Havner. Uh, it, you know, Hunter S. Thompson was far from a classic journalist. However, the book is filled with great tales of journalism in its heyday in the 70s with New York Times and Washington Post writers. And I firmly believe that if we cannot figure out how to keep a paid press alive, our country will be in ruins. We have to figure out how to pay for news. It can't be free. And the third thing is, uh, to tie this all together, is that I think if you want a little perspective on Daniel Delavern, reading some Hunter S. Thompson, especially uh, uh, a very scholarly work like the Campaign Trail book that Hunter put together would give you a real insight into Daniel. There you go. I'm not saying Daniel was exactly like Hunter S. Thompson, but they're cut from the same cloth. I've always felt that way. What was what was the name of this book? Fear and Loathing of the Campaign Trail 72 by Hunter S. Thompson. If you read his opening paragraph of, of the introduction where he talks about putting this book together at the last moment with some poodle running around the room going com- completely crazy because there's seals barking in the background, tearing things up, and there's uh, uh, he's been up for 52 hours straight trying to write this thing. You'll be hooked for the rest of the book. Killer. I've never read. I've never read that. I've read like so much Hunter S. Thompson. I used to love him when I was younger. I haven't yeah. read anything in a while. I never read the campaign trail. Book. Campaign if you trail. read it, you'll be like, th- things never change. You know. I always really yeah. liked Proud Highway. You read yeah? that? No. Yeah, like his collection of letters. Huh. No, I never I read recommend that. Recommend it. Huh. Thought I read everything by him. Very cool. Need to read more. <clears throat> well. Dave, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being open and honest about what you got going on up there with LeafWorks. Yeah, thanks for uh, you know talking it, talking about it. You know, I try to be uh, honest and open book. My mom told me never to lie. Try not to. So. And Lewis, thanks for making it happen in between all the other magic that you make happen all day every day. So big thanks for you're that. Back. You're back. You're not fired anymore. That's. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a Twitter firing. I'm always afraid that I'm gonna. I'm always afraid I'm permanently about to lose my seat on the, the Hammer Factor news desk here. I can't wait to see what happens with this wee discussion in terms of yeah. listener mail. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, huh? And that's yeah. it for episode 46. Thanks for listening to the Hammer Factor.